0: Welcome to the Pathways to Discipleship podcast, which serves as a guide for Christians striving to be lifelong followers of Jesus Christ. Each pathway is designed for small group or individual study to help with growth and a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ and the love of neighbor. For more information in this series, head over to lovingstonesofchrist.org. You're listening to the second in the pathway series entitled
1: Loving Jesus. Session 2, Loving God Opening Prayer The Divine Praises Blessed be God Blessed be His Holy Name Blessed be Jesus Christ True God and True Man Blessed be the Name of Jesus Blessed be His Most Sacred Heart Blessed be His Most Precious Blood. Blessed be Jesus in the Most Holy Sacrament of the Altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit, the Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of Christ, Mary Most Holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be St. Joseph, her Most Chaste Spouse. Blessed be God in His Angels and in His Saints. Amen. Objectives. Pathway 2, Session 2, helps us to learn how we may live the fifth habit of the twelve habits of a disciple. Lives Christian virtues, glorifying God in everyday life. Specifically, the virtues of love of God and of humility. Understand what it means to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Practice the virtue of humility before God. Loving God. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Mark 12.30 This was Jesus' response to a scribe who asked him, Which commandment is the first of all? Mark 12.28 This first and greatest commandment is most important in our own lives. Jesus said, We must offer all our heart, soul, mind, and strength which tells us this commandment embodies the whole message of Jesus to us and that everything else flows from it. God is the source of all love. We love because He first loved us. 1 John 4.19 Our response to God's love is to love Him in return. When we allow God's love in, we then have the love we need to love God back and to love one another. The more open we are to God's love, the more we can love Him in return. Our relationship with God is the single most important relationship in our lives. God generously pours out His love and mercy upon us, His beloved children, for our good. In order to love God in return, we strive to be faithful to God and trust in His providential care. God created us to love. God gives us free will, so every day we have the freedom and power to choose to love. The choice to love as God wills for us brings peace and joy. Jesus speaks of the supremacy of our relationship with Him as His disciples as more important than father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even life itself. Luke 14, 26 When we place God first, everything else in our lives falls into place. The impulse to love God is something God has placed in our hearts. When we are attracted to natural beauty, such as a mountain, that beauty is pointing to God, the creator of the mountain. When we are attracted to truth, that truth points to God, who is truth. When we are attracted to goodness, that goodness points to God the source of all goodness. Love God with all our heart. Our heart is where our passions, desires, and feelings emerge. Jesus teaches us to desire God before all other things. We love God with all the passion of our hearts. The first of the Ten Commandments is, I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods before me. Exodus chapter 20 verses 2 and 3. In the Old Testament, Israel fell into worship of idols or pagan gods. Today, we may be more tempted to make idols of other things by making them more important than our relationship with God. Examples include career, volunteerism, money, possessions, food, alcohol, screens, hobbies, human relationships, or the desire for recognition these can become addictions which are desires that can never be satisfied and ultimately are not fulfilling Anytime our ego self-absorption fears or self-protection takes charge of our actions we fail to place god first in our hearts consequently we become restless seeking things that cannot fulfill us when we experience feelings of anxiety we might consider this possibly being a hint that something is trying to compete with the peace in God Jesus desires for us. John, chapter 14, verse 27. St. Augustine expressed our need for God 16 centuries ago when he wrote, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. The second commandment is, You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God. For the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses His name. Exodus 20, verse 7. When we speak of or to God, we speak reverently, offering Him praise and glory. John 17, verse 4. Jesus taught us to make holy God's name. Hallowed be your name. Matthew 6, verse 9. We avoid using His name as an exclamation or curse. The third commandment is, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Exodus chapter 20, verse 8. Sunday is the Lord's day, which we set aside to attend Mass, rest, and spend time with our family. God, in His goodness, knows we need time to reconnect with Him and one another. Jesus taught, The Sabbath was made for humankind, not humankind for the Sabbath. Mark chapter 2, verse 27. Scripture offers us many examples of loving God with all our heart. Such love often expresses itself in acclamation or verse. The psalmist wrote, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exult in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. Psalm 9, verses 1 and 2. St. Paul wrote, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, Rejoice! Philippians 4, verse 4. When we reflect on God's love for us, we can join in such heartfelt love for Him. Discussion Question. How can distractions, addictions, or false idols compete with one's relationship with God? How can you keep temptations from becoming idols that compete with your relationship with God? Love God with all your soul. We are body and soul. God gave us free will, which gives us the power to choose between love and sin in our thoughts, words, and actions. In loving God with all our soul, we choose to love with all of our being. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. John chapter 14, verse 15. Obeying God's commandments is an act of love. The Ten Commandments, Exodus chapter twenty two through 17, see Appendix 1, give us a baseline of how to live. The first three commandments are in relation to God. The remainder are in relation to other people. Jesus elevates the commandments to a will to love. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. John chapter 15 verse 12. When we love those we encounter, we are also loving God, since everyone we encounter is God's child whom he loves. In addition to commandments that apply to everyone, God has a plan that is unique for each person. God's plan is infinitely better than our own plans, so when we discern and live God's plan, we are loving God and living a choice that brings us greater happiness. Matthew was a tax collector, despised by the Jews, until Jesus invited him to become his disciple. Matthew chapter 9 verse 9. This encounter completely changed his life for the better. Matthew even became one of the four gospel authors. An important way in which we live the commandment to love is through our vocation. God has a plan for us through our vocation in life, such as the priesthood, consecrated life, or marriage. Others are called to the single life. A vocation to the priesthood or religious life is an answer to a call from Jesus. For the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Matthew chapter 19 verse 12. Likewise, marriage is a vocation for husband and wife whom... God has joined together. Matthew chapter 19 verse 6. We discern our own vocation with much prayer. Vocations to the priesthood and religious life typically are made through a long discernment process with the aid of spiritual directors. Jesus called Saul to follow him while Saul was traveling to Damascus. Acts chapter 9 verses 1 through 19. After that, Saul spoke with Ananias, Barnabas, and the apostles in Jerusalem to confirm his calling as an apostle. Acts chapter 9, verses 26 and 27. The vocation to marriage, along with whom to marry, also requires prayerful discernment. Whatever our vocation may be, we glorify God through answering His call faithfully and striving to live our vocation with love. In all cases, our primary vocation is to love and be holy. A calling to religious life, marriage, or the single life is a way to live out our primary vocation. There are also many decisions we make each day, and we can pray these decisions are in keeping with God's will for us. See Pathway 1, Session 6, for how to do this. Virtues are good and holy habits that we cultivate as we develop our relationship with God. We pray to God for the grace to grow in virtue, and especially the virtues of faith, hope, and love. We cooperate with His grace through practicing the virtues until they become habitual. Virtues help us to grow in holiness and in loving God and others. Discussion Question How can you express love that glorifies God through your vocation? Love God with all our mind Jesus tells us we are to love God with all our mind. Luke chapter 10, verse 27 We strive to love God with every thought within us. Knowing God is an act of love for Him, and the more deeply we know Him, the more we love Him. Like any friendship, we build our relationship with God through shared experiences, through sharing our thoughts, and simply spending time with Him. Jesus came to earth and took on the human condition, in part to teach us and model for us how to better relate to the Father. He prayed, and this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. John chapter 17, verse 3. In the quiet of our minds, we communicate with the Lord. We thank Him and share how our day has gone, what went well and what went poorly. We share our struggles and our thoughts and ask for insights. St. Ignatius' examine Prayer, see Pathway 1, Session 2, provides a simple framework to do this. God wants us to share what is on our minds with Him because expressing these things helps us grow in our relationship with Him and helps us gain perspective on our own lives. Jesus communicates with us through the written words of Scripture and in stillness. Be still and know that I am God. Psalm 46, verse 10. In the Gospels, Jesus teaches us how to live as His disciple. He said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. John chapter 10, verse 27. We turn to Jesus for advice and guidance through reflecting on Scripture. We strive to know Jesus as our soulmate. He calls us friends and wants us to spend time with Him. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. John chapter 15, verse 15. With practice and perseverance, conversing with Jesus becomes more comfortable as part of our daily lives. Discussion question. We can have a better understanding of how we are doing in our relationship with God based on how we are doing with our human relationships. What are the similarities between developing a human relationship and developing a relationship with God? Loving God with all our strength. Loving God with all our strength refers to our resoluteness, perseverance, and courage. Jesus promises that the one who endures to the end will be saved. Matthew 24, verse 13. St. Paul encourages us by saying, Let us not grow weary in doing what is right, for we will reap at harvest time if we do not give up. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 While keeping our eyes on the Lord, we ask for the grace to persevere in courage and self-control through our trials and struggles. Now, discipline always seems painful rather than pleasant at the time, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 11 There may be times when choosing to love God comes with great personal risk of rejection, criticism, ridicule, or persecution from others. The martyrs were people who were courageous in living their faith even to the point of willingness to die. We may not be asked to do this, but there will be times when we may be afraid to live or speak our faith. We can pray for courage to speak and love boldly. There is no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. Jesus said, If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. John chapter 15, verse 20. Throughout the Bible, God is encouraging people to be not afraid. We can take courage, knowing God loves us. Discussion question. What traits would you expect to see in someone who loves God with all their strength. How might you work to develop such traits? Pride. Pride is the belief that we can accomplish all our life's goals on our own. I can do it myself. I have to do it all myself. Or I can't depend on anyone but me are things we might tell ourselves. We believe in ourselves and our abilities so fully that we believe we can accomplish anything on our own. We may believe in God, and be glad he is around, yet may not be sure we need him. Pride becomes a blind spot and can lead to other sins. It prevents us from seeing ourselves as we truly are, and it prevents us from relying on God. The first and greatest commandment is to love God. We can only love God with the love he first gives us. When we are prideful, we close ourselves off to God and his love. Pride blocks our ability to accomplish the single most important thing we are called to do in our lives, to love. Virtue of Humility God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. James chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 Humility opens us up to God's love. Jesus explained this in a parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast, saying, God be merciful to me a sinner I tell you this man went down to his home justified rather than the other for all who exalt themselves will be humbled but all who humble themselves will be exalted Luke chapter 18 verses 10 through 14 When we recognize and admit our shortcomings and brokenness before God we remove an obstacle to receiving his grace Humility is not self-denigration or thinking less of ourselves. Humility is seeing ourselves as we truly are, as God sees us. We are sinners who are loved and redeemed by God. Humility does not compare ourselves to others, but instead sees everyone as children of God who need His grace. Our focus is first on God, not on ourselves or others. Young children know they are dependent on their parents and likewise, we acknowledge our dependence on God. Jesus taught, Whoever becomes humble like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Matthew chapter 18, verse 4. We acknowledge we cannot be who God has created us to be without grace. When we fail to surrender to God's loving care and let pride get in our way, we may experience failure and embarrassment. God can use this humiliation to help us to grow in humility. When we accept humiliation as a gift, we become open to growing in the virtue of humility. We reflect on what led to the humiliation, such as a desire for control or personal recognition. We allow God to replace our pride with humility. We are open to all the good plans He has in store for us. Discussion Question What are some obstacles that may hinder the practice of humility? What helps us grow in humility? The Fruits of Loving God Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. John chapter 15 verse 5 When we remain connected to Jesus, we remain in his love. John chapter 15 verse 9 And we produce good fruit. First, is growing into a deeper relationship with God. We see God as a loving Father just as Jesus sees Him. Jesus tells us, The Father will give you whatever you ask Him in my name. John chapter 15, verse 16. He says we will walk in His friendship. John chapter 15, verse 15. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. John, chapter 15, verse 7. Jesus also tells us the Holy Spirit will come and guide you into all truth. John, chapter 16, verse 13. Second is that we see ourselves more as God sees us. Our love of self comes from accepting God's perfect, infinite, merciful love for us. 1 John, chapter 4, verse 19. When we see ourselves as God's beautiful child made in His image, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, and Psalm 139, verses 13 through 14, then we love ourselves the way God loves us, and we love ourselves with God's love. Jesus ties self-love to His second great commandment, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Mark chapter 12, verse 31. Third is more loving relationships with others. Relationships with our family, friends, and even our enemies will be more peaceful and joyful. We examine Jesus' command to love our neighbor in the next session. Discussion question What fruits have you experienced or seen in others from loving God, self, and others more deeply?
0: Spotlight disciple Saint Augustine of Hippo AD 354 to 430 Feast day August the 28th Saint Augustine of Hippo was one of the most influential theologians of the Western Church renowned as one of the early church fathers and given the title Doctor of Grace in AD 1298 Augustine was born in North Africa present-day Algeria in A.D. 354. His early life, while perhaps typical for a youth of his society and times, was a mix of serious study and unbridled pursuit of physical pleasures. His hedonism was a cause of much despair for his Christian mother, Saint Monica, who is also known for her persistent prayer to God on his behalf. Augustine's studies led him to success in rhetoric and philosophy, and ultimately to a professorship in Milan. The works of the great philosophers opened his eyes to the damage his bodily intemperance was doing to a proper, healthy development of his mind and soul. He sought wisdom, yet his lifestyle was an obstacle to finding it. He sought religious truth and the radical Christian sect, known as Manichaeism, and for a time its rituals and tenets brought him satisfaction. Over time, though, and through the influence of the sermons of Bishop Ambrose of Milan, the influence of a Christian friend, and undoubtedly the prayers of his mother, he abandoned Manichaeism, reverted to the Catholic faith, and was baptized in A.D. 386 at the age of 31 By Bishop St. Ambrose. Through his conversion, Augustine came to understand and embrace the love of God, and he loved God deeply in return. With humility, he acknowledged and repented his ill-spent early life. In his autobiography, Confessions, Augustine set out all his past sins, writing, I do this, my God, not because I love those sins, but so that I may love you. For love of your love, I shall retrace my wicked ways. Augustine returned to North Africa and lived his discipleship as a priest and a bishop for the final four decades of his life. He was an ardent defender of the faith against heresy, the author of books and learned theological sermons, and well-known teacher and lecturer of his time. He lived out his love of God through his service to the poor as Bishop of Hippo. He visited Hippo's jails to protect prisoners from ill treatment. And he often acted as an arbitrator on behalf of members of his flock in lawsuits. He required his priests to live with him in a monastic community to keep them away from the distractions of life in the town, and they took vows of poverty and chastity following a strict rule of life. He was a strong pillar of the Catholic Church at a time of great political unrest as the Roman Empire was collapsing. His example and his message were calls to laity and clergy alike to embrace humility, acknowledge the reality of our own sinfulness, and to ask God's grace in living lives of authentic Christian virtue. Augustine openly shared his struggle to fully embrace God's love by writing in his confessions, I have learnt to love you late, beauty at once so ancient and so new. I have learnt to love you late. You were within me, and I was in the world outside myself. From Confessions, Book 10, Section 27. Augustine's honest reflections on his life still serve us today as an example of how accepting God's love can lead us from the path of sinfulness to discipleship. Discussion Question 7 In his writings, St. Augustine of Hippo wrote honestly about his flaws and his reluctance to leave them in the past. Are there examples from your life when focusing on your love for God has helped you overcome a spiritual challenge? Sharing your struggles can be an example for others. Closing Prayer Holy Spirit Prayer by St. Augustine of Hippo Breathe in me, O Holy Spirit, that my thoughts may all be holy. Act in me, O Holy Spirit, that my work may be holy. Draw my heart, O Holy Spirit, that I love but what is holy. Strengthen me, O Holy Spirit, to defend all that is holy. Guard me then, O Holy Spirit, that I always may be holy. Amen. St. Augustine, pray for us.